0: Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and
1: competitive discussion.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. Kyle is out once more. And so Jay decided to go even more international. Well, last time we were international too, weren't we, Lucas? We had you in Germany. Well,
1: you told everyone to go and message Kyle not to come back so I could stay on, and apparently it they worked. did, because Kyle yeah. didn't come back for another week.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so we decided to keep this international flavor going, and we've booted out Canada, and we've brought in the United Kingdom. We have Andy all the way from England.
2: Well, we are ranked higher, so... Uh... Yep. Good choice. Good choice. Yep.
0: I i think so too. Yeah. I mean, this is the competitive podcast. Might as well bring on somebody competitive.
2: Yep. You got to bring in the best of the best. And yeah. uh Canada's in six. So you might as well bring in number four.
0: Yep, that's right. That's right. Uh so yeah, so uh we're here. We're gonna we're gonna go, we're gonna talk about a bunch of different stuff today, but we're gonna talk about the ewoks releases. They're actually up for pre-order, and I called it it's a July release. Um So we have those for pre-order on our website. We're going to get into depth on that. We're going to talk about international affairs today. Uh, And no, I don't mean the coronation. We're actually going to uh, talk about the international meta and uh, what Legion looks like abroad. And then uh, our own Lucas here wrote a pretty interesting article that, Lucas, I have to say, was super annoying only from the sheer fact is I generally don't pay attention to the articles you guys write, except for this one got so many comments and it just kept like dinging and dinging and dinging. And like, I was like <laughs> th- the this person commented on your posts? I'm like, what post? <laughs> and it was, it was your article. So it got a lot of, a lot of comments. So that's good. Um, yeah. And so I think we're going to cover all of that today. But, uh, before we start, uh, Andy, why don't you tell the folks at home about not only do you write for our blog, but there's something else that you do.
2: Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm hoping you're hinting at the the podcast that over in the UK. Um, we do a podcast called That's No Moon, where it's less PG than here. I'll definitely say that for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we don't uh, um, swear, but we do uh, like to take the mick out of each other quite a lot. Um, especially with uh the other co-host, Cockles, um, who is our less competitive, or we thought he was less competitive since he managed to come fourth at the, uh, a two-day event this weekend. So he's definitely better than we thought he was. Uh, he's and, number myself... one in my heart. Cockles <laughs> is number one in my heart. <laughs> um myself, Cockles and Ollie Dyer, um are uh we, we try to speak about the uk and european meta we've obviously had lucas on in the past and um, we've had people from poland germany um we've had quite a, a bit of a mix and we we try and keep it european you haven't cause... had me on
1: we had we have no you haven't you definitely oh, haven't. No, I remember didn't. if i was we... on your podcast nope, we didn't have you <laughs> we had evan paul i think <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh uh, well, well, you well, Americans look the same, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well,
2: uh, that's an official invite for you, Lucas. Can come on out. <laughs> what you meant to say was you had the real doctor on your yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's an embarrassing there, isn't it? Um So yeah, we uh That's that's funny. We we try and take it from semi competitive um with me and Ollie being quite hyper competitive and yeah. uh cockle's being kind of a bit like the jay really keeping a straight and narrow but um doing what he wants to do best so yeah if you want something different and a bit more european then give us a listen i appreciate yeah, it
0: i definitely would say i'm glad you guys are doing that i'm glad there's a bunch of international podcasts because um you know i think that's a complaint one of the many complaints we get about this podcast is that we we don't have a huge connection to the rest of the world as far as the meta and and stuff like that. And my answer is always, well, because none of us play in Europe, so how can I have any insight onto what the meta is over there? Um, and, in the nicest
2: know? way possible, it's why we started. Like yeah. I had lots of feedback saying, "Oh, I listened to Fifth Trooper, but that's not the same over here. Like us, no, we don't have yeah. Shadow. No one plays Shadow Collective. Like they might be strong, but no one plays them." So that's why we started up, um, and due to the fifth troop Discord, I saw there's the the Australian one. I've added that to my playlist oh, yeah. to listen to on my way into work. So I'm looking forward to listening to uh, to to that this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, that Discord is available to Patreon members, and we actually had a podcast, After Dark podcast, that Andy and Lucas join have been joining me on for several weeks, uh, where we talk about sometimes legion but uh sometimes we also get into an hour's worth of ai and jay trying to make himself immortal through ai and lucas explaining the (laughs) the inner workings of how ai actually functions so uh that was our last podcast i think we talked about uh traveling abroad and the big differences uh and then halloween and i don't know we got into a bunch of stuff but that's after dark yeah That's, that's not this podcast so um but yeah, so so please go go have a listen to uh, Andy's podcast. They do a great job, and uh, the, if you want to know what the European flavor of Legion is, that's probably your best bet. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Ewoks—the best units to ever arrive to these shores <laughs> ever. Um, basically what we, we've had some, so last, was it last week? We talked about, uh, they spoiled the, the new card we talked the, about, yeah. right. They spoiled the core card, um, on in the, uh, what was it? The world's regionals packages. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we finally got, uh, pre-orders for the ATST, the core units and the, uh, commander packs Um and so we've got some more views of cards. I think specifically one card, right? Just the ATST Chewbacca. The
1: ATST, I think, is the main new card. You can kinda we already saw C3PO and there's a Princess Leia command card that you can also see. Yeah. A wicked Leia one.
0: Yeah, with teamwork, but we can't you can't really see what it doesn't mean anything. So I guess we'll just go over the t one. Uh so let's
2: see. what is it? One, how many points is that? One I it's can... 180, 190, I think is what I'm seeing I think around. It's on
1: 190. The movie. Let me see if I can find a more zoomed-in photo of it. So I think my people signed it on Enhanced. 190. Enhanced. Enhanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of AI, I could just throw it into Dolly and have it sharpen it for me, the the image AI.
0: Yeah, it looks like 190. I guess we put it into Legion HQ as 190, which is interesting. I think mean, it's about right. Because uh, the Empire one is uh, 155.
1: Yeah, but, but the you do have, have special spread. things,
0: right? Right, right, right. Um, okay, yeah. So 190, um, it actually is a... Interestingly enough, doesn't have any... Symbol, so it's a mercenary, uh, unit, uh, like Shadow it, Collective, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. If you want to have two, you would have to ha- in a Rebels list, you would have to have. uh
1: You can't has the little dot. It's oh, Chewbacca.
0: does it? Oh, right, 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 right. Yep, that's right. That's. It's right. also
1: got the uh, tree blight
2: is the uh symbol for it as well. Oh, the teardrop, ring, the little teardrop
1: thing. Yeah, the prison so it's only, teardrop. Yeah, it's only for that battle force, right? Oh, yeah. That's so right. it'd probably be like how Maul and the Mandos, right, were Dolph. just in the battle mm-hmm. force. Yeah, same thing. They had no logos, faction logos, but they had the was it affiliation so logo. Yeah, that's the word affiliation. Yeah, it's um,
0: I don't know if this is a complaint, but just kind of an observation, like with all these new like. If you're a new player and you're not using, you're not online or using the list building tools, I could see where this gets a little convoluted with all like, okay, well, it has this symbol and it doesn't have these two symbols where these two gray dots are. So that means, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a little convoluted, but it's okay. I think Uh, they should have
2: kept with like four blank symbols because it is weird that some have two and some have four. Yeah. So yeah, I agree on that. Like, I think they should have just four because there's four main factions. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And and just leave them blank. You know, like Mm. it
0: it seems like a lot of work for the graphic design. So as a as someone who has done graphic design, uh, it's that's a lot of work. Like I have to have like five different templates for depending on what you know what I mean. It's a lot to keep track of and a lot to make mistakes on. Uh. And so, anyways. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I I well, do not talk about the weapon profiles.
0: Yes, yeah, we can get there. We can get there. One one. Th- you want to start there?
1: Is that what you want? But, talk about mistakes. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. we'll go, go on. on. So go on. we we'll fly through it all, I guess, real fast. But it's one ninety arsenal two armor. Yep. Uh, yep. Something that the other ATST doesn't have is it has inspire three. Yep. and incognito which yeah. is insane <laughs> 11 health white surging uh saves uh eight is the breaking threshold it has surged a critical which the other atsc has no surge and then built into it it has the main one to four gun that the other atsc does the twin blaster cannon it has the twin light cannon which in this case is melee to range two or three, depending on which box you're looking at. <laughs> so <laughs> if you look at the ATSD box, it says melee to range two, and then if you look at the wicket box, it's melee to range three. Yeah, I assume it's three because that gun is range three on the Imperial ATST, but uh, we'll have to see. There's currently two versions of the card floating around, and then the uh, the grade launcher, which is melee to range two, two blacks with blast. So it's more expensive than the other ATSC, but it has Inspire, Incognito, Surge, Crit, and two of the armaments already equipped. Uh,
0: uh, built in, yeah. Uh, I mean, and you know, I'm okay. Like, I like that they didn't put a, a thematically. I guess I like that they don't have a uh, communications upgrade on it, so you can't yeah. put Link Targeting Array on it, which is one of the best things to ever put on it on a heavy. Uh, vehicle like this but i i understand thematically why it doesn't you know allow for that
1: yeah so to compare it to an atst with the elite armor pilot grenade launcher and twin light you it's that's 183 points so for seven points you're getting an upgrade from surge to hit to surge to crit inspire three and incognito and then both of your guns can also be used in melee so that's a seven point difference for some pretty pretty solid keywords yeah so For the
2: incognito, like for seven points, I don't see other than the fact that they can't shoot you until you've shot. I don't see the other benefit because you can move and shoot later in the turn and you know, you're always going to be on full health. You haven't got to worry about if you're facing a mega heavy, like anti-armor list that they can't shoot you. But like, is there any of of a real benefit? Because the other five turns, they can still shoot you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could. Maybe you'll, you want to be like a really aggressive ATST at range two with blast. You can leave up incognito and just you know double move turn one, double move turn two, and then turn three start blasting stuff. You know, I, it's, it's a way to get the ATST up close without them yeah. being able to do anything about it. But well, you want to spend one hundred ninety points for that?
0: No, I think the other benefit. It's gonna, I think, too depending on you know we kind of know what the core unit's do but depending on how the rest of the units work out and what the the makeup of the you know battle force is going to be uh i could potentially see cuz a lot of times what happens especially when you only have one atst is it gets plinked a lot from like range 4 with range 4 critical and stuff so i could see it being a benefit of kind of putting your walks into position and kind of holding down positions and then not getting plinked on your big weapon until like turn three or four when you can then move in. Like, when, like, if Lucas is trying to take a middle objective and I'm just kind of holding until he actually gets all his units up there and then he can't shoot the ATST, so then I can just like step up and start like murdering things and still have full health.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, since it's a long-range unit, unlike someone like K2SO, I think it is kind of a nonbo, like you're saying, So you do want to shoot at range four. Uh, but I think there'll be situations, like you said, with someone like Intercept or even potentially KP, where you just want to walk the ATST up, yeah. have it sit there, and be like, "Come to me."
2: And I guess with the new changes for line of sight as well, I'm thinking about it in hindsight that you could use it—that it's a permanent line of sight blocker. Yeah. So if that they can't comp- shoot. Yeah. yeah, so if you compare it to like Lila's bus, where she uses that as a protector for as long as possible to keep her units behind to move up the board, if so you've got a mega melee aggressive Wookiee, uh, sorry, um, Ewok force because <laughs> <laughs> they're cheaper, um, then you've got a, an ATST that doesn't have to shoot, and you've now got a portable two two height two building essentially, right? Like if yeah. you build it at full scale, it's yeah. pretty big. It's, uh maybe yeah. it's better than I think yeah days.
0: i i think so i think it's i i really really feel like and, and i i think it's going to be dependent on what the other because i think there's two core units i think ones are like spears and ones are are uh uh whatever they're called there um slingers or something sl- yeah like that. slingshots or something right and so i think just having those options with like your your real centerpiece because I'm assuming uh, there isn't going to be any other like in the battle force vehicles that are going to be available you know to that battle force. So having your big centerpiece just have options as far as what it can do on the battlefield. I think it's going to be really good with this with this
2: squad. speeder bikes of Ewoks.
1: See, i want mounted heroes how cool i know we got now we have chewbacca as a mounted hero imagine like luke skywalker on a speeder bike so good but with no lightsaber though like otherwise i will have nightmares yeah. <laughs> does because i guess he never uses it when he's on the speeder bike right no that's what that's what i'm hoping yeah no. yeah but that'd be so cool well White and it's there it,
0: i i really think this was such a smart way to do it like re-release the 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 product the ATST I'm I'm hoping yeah. that they updated it you know a little bit and made some tweaks to the mold and stuff maybe it's on frames now we don't know but you know maybe it's a little bit better uh, of a product and then you can add pilots like so the ATST has Chewbacca and General Vice is optional pilots you know and, and their so-
1: models also now
0: yeah right. Yeah, that's really. It, cool. They're
1: not just cards; they're physical models, right? That go on it.
0: So imagine doing the same thing with the speeder bikes. Like if you release Luke and Leia on speeder bikes, and you just make it as the same dual pack, and you can sw- swap out, you know, the the people riding it, and it comes with some extra cards. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this yeah, is a super awesome.
1: cool way to add in Chewbacca, right? He gives it Inspire Surge to Crit, but it's still an ATST in the end, so it's not like a they don't have to fully redesign a unit. They can just give a new flavor and then it's a one-off in a specific battle force. So, you know, maybe incognito ends up being more busted than we realized, but it's a (laughs) one-off unit. So it's not like we're going to ruin the entire game. Right.
0: Well, and I think the, the other really nice thing that I I'll give them credit for is they put, they also put the Chewbacca ATST card in the commander box uh so yeah. that you don't if like me i have i mean i'm going to get this atst as well but i already have five um you know I... he <laughs> needs that six <laughs> yeah.
2: why do you have five
0: all right all right this is why <laughs> i have the first one i got with the core set or you know or the first wave not wave. with the corset, set but the first yeah. wave and you know it was my first one i didn't do a great paint job on it i just got it together to kind of like use it right i got a second one because i wanted to redo the paint job but at the time atsts weren't great and we're moving away from vehicles so i turned that one into terrain then uh then when atst started getting better again i was like oh yeah i i want to do two that are matching so i bought two new ones they were on sale somewhere and i heavily modded one and put lights in it and i'm working on i actually cut a pilot I use the pilot from the GAV tank, and I put him on top of it, and then I have two like shore troopers sitting in it, and like I have a whole story, and it's heavily, heavily modified. Uh, yeah, so that's why I have five.
2: I mean, at least you're making each one individual and different, and yeah, worth and, the effort.
0: <laughs> and then this one, I'll, I'll start all over again because it's got to have its own flavor,
2: you know. I mean, just putting the Chewbacca on the top is perfectly good enough.
0: Yeah. I mean the real problem honestly is that we re- we we're a reseller for legion uh so I get it at cost now <laughs> and it's also a business expense so uh bosses, bosses perks. yeah so uh you know when they always talk about the drug dealers you know doing their own supply, that's me. <laughs> Um,
1: little do you all know that jade just started the fifth trooper in the store just to feed his just, hobby just make to it get cheaper.
0: stuff at cost yeah uh <laughs>
2: didn't want to do a podcast just uh wanted to make it cheaper for
0: him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but no i i think um i yeah the, the, so i'm i'll definitely get the next one do another I mean, one but yeah you know
2: i think if i've once i've seen someone buy it with the molds and if they are different enough or more detailed then I'll be more inclined because yeah. at the moment for me, the only benefit is the back or general ice like yeah. riding out the top. And I think that is a good enough reason, but when I'm paying 60 quid or 60, $70, whatever it is over for you guys, then it's less of an inclination for it when I've already yeah. got two and I can only run two. No, Yeah, yeah. for sure.
0: It, it, I, I think honestly, if I wasn't getting, if I if we didn't have the fifth trooper and I wasn't getting things, you know, at a reduced price, uh, I don't know that I, I would probably just get the commander pack. I, I wouldn't yeah. really worry about getting, you know, another ATST. Well, we still have claim.
1: Tempest Force to be spoiled, which Ooh. is the Imperial Endor battle force. And uh, what was there besides ATSTs and speeder bikes and scout troopers and stormtroopers? That's four units. Yeah. So um, maybe three ATSTs. Iden's that. Ah yes, Iden and Officially Inferno. Art. Yep, yep, from so, the video I, game. Yep. So ISF also, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that could be good. Iden ISF used to be good. You give it some new command cards, special abilities. Yeah. Uh, that's okay for me because I wasn't going to buy any of the walks because I don't collect rebels.
0: I I have a feeling they're not going to. You only collect rebels. Is that what I just heard you say? I don't collect rebels. Oh oh. He played Empire it's worlds. Like, yeah, I was like, that's why this didn't make any sense to me. I
2: thought
0: I was like, wait, wait, did you borrow that whole list? Like, <laughs> Only play um,
2: Empire and uh, droids.
0: Same. Know, I get everything. Um, so, what was I going to say? I I don't think. Oh, for the, I don't think they're going to do any. I think they're just going to come up with a battle force like they did for Remnant. I don't think they're going to give you any updated updated cards or anything.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying there's some buff you're gonna get though, right? Because like Remnant gives you all these free aims and dodges. Yes. And I'm saying item bikes is already pretty good, and those are both things that were there. And so if you give that army some kind of yeah, that's fair. That's perk. Fair. It could be good. Let's I let's give them more than four bikes and see if it's uh any better. <laughs> I would. <laughs> that's let's... what I'm saying. Blizzard yeah. already has four bikes, but this is the bikes Battle Force, right? <laughs> like, yeah. So let's if give anyone them five. gets. The... <laughs> right it made with no sense
0: for blizzard force but it makes sense for this one so do it again
1: yeah just <laughs> four and four i'll run four isf and yeah. four bikes just to remove all the core make it all alpha strike
0: i honestly <laughs> wonder if you did four bikes with no vader in the list it might be just it might be it's gonna be good, but I don't think it's gonna be unbeatable good, like like Blizzard. But I think you could still do four bikes.
2: I think you can so uh judging by what we've had over here in the UK, we've had um going back to uh London Grand Tournament last year, we had a player with twelve activation blizzards, so it was Veers, four bikes, two HRUs, and some snows. Yep. He still made the top eight and got his world qualifier ticket. Um fortunately he couldn't make it to Worlds, but I think you can still easily make a day two with a list like that. Yeah. Because it's got the activations, yeah. you're not spending <clears throat> 200
1: points on a force user. And you're just well, and if spend... you an Iden attack strike, right? Like that's oh, yeah. something that tempest, yeah. Combos really nicely.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it improves that alpha strike of four bikes hitting you. <laughs> yeah. yeah worse. What's worse than four bikes having some ISF behind it? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: But I have to say, four bikes is not the problem with Lizard Force.
1: <laughs> that is, it's part of the problem. I think if
0: right. it was only four bikes and the HRUs were more expensive and you couldn't take operative Vader, oh, uh, you'd
1: have a much better,
0: like, it'd be good. It just wouldn't be like not well, unbeatable. We want to talk about
1: balance. Yeah, let's we could switch topics. Yeah, please. That's a good segue. at me yeah so as we're talking about what would fix blizzard force uh i wrote an article uh, went out last friday where i did some stats and talked about the changes that i wanted to see and um so this article i did as a collaboration with kristoff trojanowski he's polish so i'm sorry i know i'm butchering your last name before this i was playing it through like one of those websites that translates and kept trying, but I was like, "Oh, no matter how much I practice, I'm still going to butcher it. But he helped me with this. He got all of the different raw data and prepared it for me. And I worked with him to get the different numbers that you see in the article. But the, the goal of the article was just to kind of take my experiences that I had at Worlds and playing different games and support it all with some data and make some proposals about what we should change. And so what I started with, was the four nerfs i proposed because i think people are often much more hesitant to be accepting of a nerf than a buff um i find that whenever you propose a nerf people have a lot of pushback so like ah, oh, you know i don't want you to ruin these units so even though i just talked about four nerfs it's over half the article because i think if you're gonna say knock something down a peg you need to support it and then propose a lot of different buffs but i guess we could start there And so in the article, I ordered it in an order of importance, at least for what I think it is. And so the first nerf I said was we need to nerf double Dark Troopers. The second nerf was nerf Blizzard Force. The third was Black Suns. And then the fourth is Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. So we could start from the top if we want. So the reason why I put Dark Troopers at the top was uh, they have the highest win rate out of anything in the game right now. (laughs) And uh, that's even despite impact going up a ton. So this didn't make it in the article because I didn't get the numbers till later. But essentially, we kind of talked about this on the last scoundrels, but uh, lists without impact were just getting completely destroyed by dark troopers. And I actually have the numbers now. I went back and looked. So uh, armies that had zero to four impact in the army, dark troopers have a 75% win rate against them. (laughs) Yeah. That's with over a hundred games. Armies with five to nine impact, Death Troopers or Dark Troopers have a 63% win rate against them. And armies that have 10 to 20 plus impact in them, Dark Troopers still have a 50% win rate against them. So essentially, if you don't take against Dark Troopers, you're getting slaughtered. If you do, it's an even game. And that was kind of my point last week, but. The overall win rate of Dark Troopers is uh sixty seven percent, uh, with two hundred games. And this is just our double Dark Troopers. And so I I don't know if that's really a hot take anymore to talk about, but at least from all of this and my own personal experiences, right? I brought Dark Troopers to a tournament, ended up winning my first time using them. Uh he's yeah, it up they, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to mention it all I can since (laughs) he'll never make it into the top eight article. (laughs) Nope. But um, yeah, so the two nerfs I proposed was removing defensive tech like Guardian and Force Barrier because I think that those armies are able to skew against even high impact. And then the second one was bump up all their heavies by five to ten points because... They're also just too efficient, because for example, in my army, it was double bounty, double dark troopers. And so it wasn't abusing any defensive tech, but just by the fact of how cheap and efficient the dark troopers are, you could back them up with like a fully kitted boba, fully kitted bosk, the whole nine yards. Can I play devil's advocate?
2: Go for it. As as a uh, in, person who enjoys playing double dark troopers as well. With removing the defensive tech is that not taking too much away because if you say if you are taking barrier then i'm also spending another 200 points So therefore there's nothing else back in the army because if i'm taking double dart troopers that's already 400 points for my army if i'm taking a force user to take barrier that's another 200 points again So that's 600 points gone and then I'm pretty much taking three naked troops. Now I know it's still a strong list but there is a barrier of entry of three quarters of my army um, going into that tech where with your list obviously you've gone only half of it and I think when you take an archetype of a certain thing so double heavies, double like melee skew or something like that, you you tend to put 50% of your points into that skew. So is removing the ability that defensive tech affects them too much i think the points one i think you're spot on with but i think removing the ability to use a protector or um, barrier or things like that is maybe too far as a devil's advocate
1: yeah i think my my main argument for is it for armies especially that have low impact values those additional things just remove more interaction and so the thought is just making them more interactive. And I think kind of like you touched on, even with the two dark troopers and a force user, I think you just remove barrier. I Not many people were running barrier except in Palpatine. That's where you're really abusing it all. But essentially like, yeah, you're not going to run barrier anymore in it, but I don't necessarily know if that was... My, my kind of thought with Guardian is I think if you're focusing guarding dark troopers, that wasn't even the best strategy. I think it's just a very unfun strategy. Mm. So I would rather just remove it Because there's a lot of new players who right they come in and they pump all this firepower and they're fully armored they got guardian protector and i think it's just kind of a feels bad when you can't even touch them and so that was kind of my thinking with that if they have no cover just knock away all the defensive tech
2: is that also that person not adjusting to the meta since we are a competitive podcast that the meta changes and flows that you need to adjust your list to reflect that as you said there you need to be bringing
1: what was it what was the second bracket to bring it down uh, 20 you need yeah 10 or more impact
2: <laughs> which i would what's the numbers on critical in, in replace of impact because i think that would be an so uh, all like... these
1: count critical but uh, uh so impact so one so is you a crit- don't have critical in there so these armies have some amount of critical but zero to four impact has a seventy-five percent win rate for Dark Trooper, so twenty-five percent win rate, and that's you could have as much critical in there as you want. You'd still be in the zero to four impact, five to nine. So it completely ignores critical. So there's some mm-hmm. amount of critical in there. But in if, if you were
2: building building a list that is equal to uh, taking like ten critical, in some eyes, I think that is also adjusting for the meta because you with aims and stuff. Re-rolling two dice, you're looking to get the one crit
1: through, which is the same as having
2: impact one, right?
1: Yeah. So I think the uh, the other point with that is adjusting to the meta and one archetype warping the meta because what this does is pushes out a lot of other armor. Like right now, ATRTs have super low win rates. All the vehicles since Dark Troopers have come out, all the other vehicles win rates have gone down. And so I think you're correct. As a competitive player, you need to adapt to these things, but this article, at least my focus, is more on like what's healthy for the game than mm-hmm. what you should do as a competitive player. If that makes sense, so no. it's kind of from a little different angle. Yeah, as I was gonna say, I was only playing the the devil's advocate on yeah
2: <laughs> protect, protecting the archetype that I'm currently playing at a capacity level. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy who's been playing double
1: dark troopers for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, all the things I called for nerfs have been what I've been playing. I played Blizzard at Worlds. I've always played double bounty, so that's Boba Fett, and I just played double dark. So it's I'm ner- calling for nerfs on all the things I currently play. <laughs> but I, I mean, if you rewind this, I'll oh, go on, Joe.
0: No, 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 no. You go ahead. I was going to say, I think... Way more important.
1: <laughs> I like to think that.
2: Um, I think if we write, rewind it like um a year or two to the other metas, I think there's always something at the forefront that is always going to warp that meta. So um, like with the rec Star, it was the token sharing. We were always focused on that and how do you beat it? So the current focus is on these four things. Um, So it's, I think it's always justified. There's always going to be something at the top That you have to have an answer for um and there's a competitive thing you have to adjust and sometimes that then has a negative effect you say atrts atsts you're seeing less and less of because people are bringing 10 plus (laughs) impact to deal with it so yeah
1: um.
0: yeah uh, so hmm. yeah it's interesting right like because i think i argue this all the time and I can't remember what podcast we talked about this before, but like, how much is too much when you're adjusting the meta because of the things we don't know that are coming in the
1: future? Right. And say, this is literally the last cast.
0: Yeah. Was it, was it scoundrels? (laughs) Or was yeah, it the last? Scoundrels. I think we talked on
1: oh, yeah. After Dark and Scoundrels last week. <laughs> anyway, right. he
2: doesn't listen to any other podcasts, so it's no, fine. Yeah.
1: I
0: don't even listen to these. You think I listen to these? I just cut <laughs> off the front sometimes and the back, and I move on with my life and put it He's out. He's been um, tuning
1: us out the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Dude, the entire time. You guys start talking about numbers. I don't know. I'm sure people watching on YouTube can see it. My eyes just go glassy, and I'm just going, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just think i'm all for adjustments i just sometimes i feel like we call for like too much and and we i think the meta swings a lot without adjustments and it kind of self-regulates and so like i and i know that that can sometimes be power creep as lucas i'm sure was about to remind me but like I think there's other ways that it could self-regulate instead of maybe nerfing things how could we buff things to bring them up and to make it more even you know
1: well i think that's why at least for this i only focused on four nerfs on the things i think are currently the most overtuned and i propose something like 30 buffs because i think like not to rehash everything we talked about last week if you want to hear it more in depth you can go listen there but i'll do a quick summary i have Think of more the esports approach because, you know, esports are quite well balanced, especially compared to tabletop war games. And their approach is they just kneecap the few things overperforming and then regularly buff all the things underperforming. And so my dream is more regular updates where you just because there's other units that should that are too good. But I just want to focus on the four that I think are, you know a cut above the rest so it's not comprehensive too. it's like you just deal with the things that i think are really big issues and then you bring everything up and you'll get close to that and especially if we get a points update soon right that's a six months turnaround which would be the the fastest we've ever had for a points update and so if they take that you know biannual update cycle you might just need a nerf you know two to three things each cycle and then you each time can buff 10 things or you know even 30 things even better
0: yeah yeah Let's, I, you know, listen. It's all good.
1: One day you'll you'll join my side, Jay.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, just like you know, I I I thought it's weird going to Ewoks and talking about meta, and then we'll transition into international meta. But like, I thought for sure I was going to be the only one that was going hard into like Ewoks. But based on our orders. Uh, that is not the case. Like people are going, and so I was like, going to be like, well, if I'm the only one playing Ewoks, so be it. I'll just play it. But I think a lot of people are going to end up playing it.
2: And it's the really int-
0: yeah. I mean, the interesting thing too is we have no idea what they're capable of, right? Like, i because we don't have the full picture yet. But like, it's just I find it so interesting because things, and we've talked about this on podcasts before, like there's things out there or things to come out that a good chunk of the population can't read in between the matrix and see what that unit's truly capable of. And then you'll get somebody who comes along and just starts demolishing with something. And you're like, I didn't even know that was even good or a thing, you know? And uh, so it's super interesting. Um, And I, I just like keeping this conversation going, you know, about, buffs and nerfs and how how to keep this game alive and keep it playable and you know yeah i think it's needed uh to continue the longevity of the game because if the game can remain at like a good clip that everyone's enjoying and 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 and, you know in the competitive scene then it's just going to stay popular right and that's the thing that always brings over like 40k players and and all these players from other mm-hmm. highly competitive games is yes this game's competitive but it's also easier to play more you know there's more opportunity to to play off medalists and win uh you know the game's more A well balanced, balanced game. which leads yeah. to
1: variety and then also the rules of the game while simple you know, a good example is chess. Chess has very simple rules, but really in-depth strategy because it's elegantly done. And so I think Legion, you know, I'm not saying it's like chess. It's a lot more complicated than chess. But compared to 40K, it's a lot more simple. But yeah, yeah I think there's a lot more tactical depth as far as strategy in Legion.
2: I read um, an article, was quite a while ago, on a slight segue, but it's it's great relevance to balance. It's, um Super Smash Bros. on the Nintendo, the original. So, originally, like as a competitive like, tournament, people would go to like meetups and stuff, there was a, a clear S tier, A tier, B tier, etc. That game was released, I don't know, not 20 years ago, whatever it was released on the Nintendo. Um, but what actually happened was because people played it regularly and they always played the same thing, after about 10 years after the game had been out. People then found the counters to the original S tiers and it was all the B and uh, like, the B, like the low D tiers. It was um the big fluff ball that swallows things, whatever it's called. Kirby. Uh, uh, Kirby. That's it, yeah. Kirby used to be originally when it first came out, everyone ranked Kirby as like the lowest tier available. Like it was absolute trash. Now the game had received zero balances since the day of release because it was on old cartridges. They didn't do balances and balance changes. Yeah. But then, as after people finally learned how to play and deal with what was around, Kirby then slowly like it shifted the meta without a balance, which is like I, I as an article to read. I have to find it because I know Lucas likes stats. Um, it's an interesting one to read that with no changes, the meta still shifted on a competitive scene after mm-hmm. years and years of repetitiveness. Um, not saying that will happen for Legion, but right. it's good that it, the yeah, meta there's shifts and changes.
1: In different games too, like uh, Magic, kind of. This is also as to what Jay was saying about sometimes people just see into the Matrix and make mm-hmm. something that there's a list. I think it was called Lantern Control, um, in Magic in Modern, and basically it like in Magic, if you played, you fight each other with monsters and you're trying to kill each other. This arm like this uh deck figured out a way to just like look at the top deck of their opponents uh look at the top card of their deck and the whole thing it would do is just check that and if it was a bad card like put it away and if it was a card that wasn't didn't do anything it would leave it there and so like it didn't do anything it started winning all these tournaments and got super popular until they had to like nerf this stuff but all the cards (laughs) this have been around forever but some guy just saw the matrix and this strategy where you just look at the top card of your opponent's deck and you know block anything good they can do um so those things can happen um
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, there was uh, similar with Magic, God, I think it was Standard we were playing and just like all this crazy stuff was happening and a buddy of mine like just was like, oh, and like made a land destruction deck and then was like, well, you can't beat me if you can't play anything. And like his whole deck was just about like destroying the other player's land (laughs) and then just like waiting until they decked out. Like basically yeah. like just oh <laughs> b- 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 you know, and then they just couldn't it was just crazy. Um but yeah, so I, I think I think you need both. I think what Lucas is saying, you know, I think you need nerfs and buffs, but I think you also have to only pull a couple levers or one lever, you don't have to pull them all. And I, I think that's a tricky balance for developers. Um mm-hmm. you know, so anyways. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up here with international meta. So, <laughs> uh, we'll start with Andy. So, Andy, kind of, what is in your like viewpoint? What's the approach to playing in in the UK and and like
2: how do you guys work on meta? Um, I think we're still um blizzard is still like something you have to consider and be able to deal with um i think it doesn't matter where you are in the world i think blizzard is still the the undisputed um but i think over here for us it's more of playing what you know is the best thing um and i think lila is obviously a great representation. dave um obviously again repeats that Um, myself where I I did 50 reps with double dart troopers okay yes I'm playing something meta but when you look at matchups I think Lucas you played against um, five RPSs over in Germany and knowing how to deal with that matchup comes from repetition because um, there was a two day event this weekend that I I couldn't attend in the UK but um, a friend of mine uh, who went to Worlds he took my list exactly upgrade for upgrade everything, didn't make a change. He said, your list is broken, Andy. I've played it a few times. It's amazing. I'm going to take it and table people. And I was like, go for it. And um Jeff did take it, and he still did fairly well, went four and two over the weekend. But the lists that he came up against, um, from the description that I've received in conversation, um, it sounds like it, with repetition, he could have handled it. But on paper, like at a straight face value, he maybe didn't know have the experience or knowledge on how to do with it and i think that's always the most important thing when it comes to legion having the experience of what to do with your list you could be playing i don't know the worst list ever but if you've played blizzard 20 times and you go i've beaten them 12 out of these 20 times you're on a positive win rate and Mm -hmm. you know how to handle that scenario like don't take hostage because you're rubbish at it or all right let's play hostage because I know how to deal with it. And it's better than me playing bomb and run. They're the things that are most important with the meta and you have a list that can compete with it. I mean, you still always need to deal with the meta in a way or have an answer, but I think that's how a lot of the top tier players in Legion over here in the UK deal mm-hmm. with it. Um, I mean, I don't know what's for like for over in Germany and how, what's their competitive approach apart from lots of reps. <laughs> yeah camps. i mean they
1: i think it's very similar to that a lot of the lists that are popular that came from germany are now considered meta but it was like uh finn was the first one to play the rendition of Blizzard force we all see so he uh it was always funny making fun of him being like a meta chaser and he's like i was playing this before it was cool <laughs> um and then like the so they're really big on speeders here in germany that's just a common thing they uh they really like their speeders So I think a common thing in the German meta is a lot more players play with speeders. Like a good example of the difference between like the German thought and the American. um, Republic gun lines are popular in both places with Anakin, but like Timbo and a lot of the other North American players all do gun lines without speeders. And then all the German guys play basically the same list, but with speeders instead of, you know, snipers or whatever they had. Yeah, they take a triple box and...
2: um yeah is uh, it johannes wasn't it um johannes Eric, yeah quite famed for the anakin triple bark list and winning tournaments mm. um, yeah cause still-
1: he's he been playing it for a long time even when republic was a lot worse than this um mm-hmm. and he was still winning stuff and so that's something i was kind of saying remember when they came they're like oh look all the germans are playing meta they're all playing blizzard force and you know republic gunlines." i'm like well They've actually been doing this for a really long time. (laughs) Like (laughs) Finn has been doing Blizzard Force since Blizzard Force came out in that current rendition. And then uh, Johannes and Marcus and those guys have all been playing Republic with Barks, you know, for years as well. I think that's one thing. I don't know
2: if it's the same for you, but a lot of UK players find that they want to play Meta, but not Meta. It's a very weird scenario. Like they, Mm. um, so a few players are like, oh, I'll take Blizzard Force, but I won't take optimal blizzard force so um obviously like uh jeff took to worlds he took the double atst blizzard force he mm-hmm. always played double A T S T. but a fan of like yourself jay like that's why he's always enjoyed taking double heavies but he found that obviously by abusing blizzard force he could then have an order of six turn. every turn of the game would both of them would have an order on it and that d- takes a different style of play. So it's still abusing and like and going, oh, yeah, I'm still running meta because I'm running Blizzard Force. But it's a slight twist on it or like, because um, I was looking at running Vader, Blizzard, uh, Vader with an ATST for Blizzard Force and not taking the bikes because I thought it was a, a good matchup in the mirror. And it's kind of looking at that mirror and uh, going, well, if I'm facing the most meta thing possible, if I play that seven times because there's 50% matchups then if i've got the fate if it's in my favor then surely that's a better list mm-hmm. but then you've sometimes you have to then look at the 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 non meta list and go can i still beat it and sometimes unfortunately it's no so therefore you have to change your approach again
1: yeah i think people do that kind of for two reasons one um you know as much as there is legion fame no one necessarily gets famous for just playing the meta and winning right the people who rise to stardom in the legion community are often people who play something new and that's so i think there's a little bit of like prestige and also being like you know i want to say i won not playing the meta doing my thing Mm -hmm. and then i think there's also a side of it um if you're familiar with something else sometimes it's better to play something that takes advantage of the current strong things like blizzard force but using units you're more familiar with because your natural your familiarity with them you'll perform better so I think it works both ways. It might, it works better for a lot of people because not everyone's Kyle where he can just, you know, whatever the new best list is, he just learns how to master it and play it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think it's, so I think it's both things, you know, everybody wants to be the person that finds the new thing and gets to, you know, stamp their name on an army, you know, like pink Suns or, you know, people call it the Dave Grant list. They don't call it palpatine <laughs> vader so i think there's a little bit of that that if you can do well with one of these lists you know you get to stamp your name on it in legion history
0: isn't it so yeah. interesting though like it's funny when you have someone like luke cook though because there wasn't really a lot of talk about how different his list was from the meta but it's just like oh yeah luke cook won because he's the world champion but i bet you if that was anybody else Right? Like, how much talk would have been about how some somebody came up and, and beat the field with an off meta list? Well, so, I think it's because
1: that list has existed forever, right? Yeah. It's like a gun lamp. Yeah. 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 And think- so it's kind of a known quantity already, even though people thought other stuff was better. But
2: I think it's also, pilot is very important behind that because, um,
1: yeah. again, uh,
2: um, at the same tournament that happened at the weekend, Someone took that list, um, and he is a good player, a very good player, because um, he came second. But the the final was him versus Ollie Dyer, so uh, and they played in the semifinal. So that for Oli Dyer, that was a mirror matchup for him. Like he's already played that list, he's already played the the experience of yeah. losing to it. But this time round, Ollie's had the experience in this matchup. I know how to deal with someone who is very good with a, that list and how to beat it. But it's not Luke Cook. Right. like you are talking like like he said like chris played it very very well um and he knows how to play the list but there's still that next level where you've you know how to play a list, but then it's your list you know how to play it. he's been playing it for as well since the last worlds basically yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i think it's also because when luke shows up to an event like since he's basically gotten top two and almost Top two are better, and everything he's gone to, right? He went to LVO, won it, went to Adepticon, yeah. got second, won Worlds, won this Worlds. I think also Luke is a known quantity. So, whatever yeah. Luke brings, people would be like, it's good. Whereas right. it's sometimes, I think the things that blow up is when it's a name. Like, obviously, like Lila was known in the UK as a good player, but she hadn't traveled. So, the international audience had no idea who she was. Mm-hmm. And then when right. she comes out with an off medalist, same with Dave Grant, right? No one international knew who Dave Grant was until he brought the Palpatine Six Act. Um, whereas Luke Cook is so high profile and known as a good player that uh you know, he, he's kind of a known quantity yeah. at this point. So no yeah. matter what Luke brings, people are just like, oh, it's competitive because it's Luke.
2: Yeah.
0: But I think you go, Jay. No, you go. <laughs> I
2: was gonna say I think you could say the same for some of the other countries though as well. I think for yeah. for me going out there, I was confident that i thought germany were going to bring it home um like i know finn johannes marcus like if you look at the european um elo rankings like the top 10 are most i think there's like two non-germans in there um like so f- from a european point of view where i've seen them come across to us and we've had a few uk players go out to germany events and stuff and seen the high level that they play at um are. i i I thought that was going to represent in the world side of things. And obviously they mm-hmm. did have a high transition into day two, but then obviously they got whittled out slowly. Um, so I think they then being a known quantity for me, I thought that was a good thing. Yeah, But then obviously that doesn't always transition, um, not to take things away from Luke Cook. I, th- I think right. I've played him myself online. I've not had the pleasure of in person, but online, I think he's been a great player um, and made very, very few mistakes. And I think that's important.
1: He's someone that I think just learns so fast. Like, he, he he doesn't play that much Legion, which blows my mind. Like, he goes to tournaments, but he like he plays practice stuff, like preparing for Worlds. I was chatting with him and streamed it, and he's like, "Yeah, I've played like you know five practice games leading up to Worlds in the last three months." And I was just like, "What? Like, are you I, taking I can... <laughs> this more seriously?" And then um we had our practice game, and I was playing Blizzard, and that was his first game as Blizzard, and I won it. And then at the tournament, he's like, Oh, yeah, you know, I just like thought about the mistakes I made in your game against me and didn't make those mistakes again. I'm like, So one game and you just mastered Blizzard and defeated all these top Blizzard (laughs) players. Like (laughs) he played, yeah, like five games or something leading up to Worlds.
2: I'm like, Dude. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. He lost his first game and won the other eight. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting too, like meta busting. um, And, and I, 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 I almost, I don't really think Lila's list qualifies this just because it's so good. I just, just no one play, you know, it just, no one plays it, but I think there's opportunity out. And that's one of the the, the biggest things with double heavy lists, right. Is how often have you faced a double ATST list, right. Or like a, like my variation of it, which is with also with two, uh, do backs and then three like naked, uh, um, uh, scout troopers, right? Like that, you don't, you don't see that very often, right? So there's all this weird stuff that you have that you can't really tech against, and that you're going. I don't even know what to do with this, and and you know, and so there's something to be said about that. Like the surprise mm. factor is definitely, but it only works so many times, and it's like, okay, so do I bring that to worlds? You know, like, play it as discreetly as I possibly can. Like, try not to play any of the top players like Kyle or Luke or anyone with it, you know, but just try to get reps in locally and then bring it to Worlds and try to, like just shock and awe people as I as I'm walking through stuff. You know? well I
1: know like you said you don't think Lila's list is one of those, but I think in a way it is because she found a list that wasn't popular but was undeniably really good. Yeah. And she's a great player. And so all those things together that really helped her out. Like uh oh Kyle yeah talked about this right in his game. He got th- super thrown off because he's used to playing Vader and he's a good Vader player. So Vader normally has no health or no wounds because he's hiding behind LOS blockers and he engages, you know, turn three or turn four. He's not used to a bus flying out, dropping off a BSC on turn two, half shotting his Vader. And now he has to play with the Vader at half health all game. And he was just like, uh, you know, I misplayed my Vader after that because like I, yeah, I've never played against that. And then the list in of itself is really good. And Belial is a great player. And so, it's like uh, playing something off meta. I think Lila's case is a really good example that she was even throwing, you know, great players off, you know, their their A game. And that game, I think if it was played properly, would have been close. But since Lila's good, the list is good and she threw Kyle off. Like she kind of stomped Kyle. Like we yeah, all watched yeah, him yeah, yeah, get yeah. tabled.
0: And I guess what I meant by excluding her specifically was because of all those things, where I think you can be a great player and have a maybe suboptimal list but you're very good at it and you can then do the same thing that she did but she she's a great player with a great list that no one knew right and i'm saying like you could be a great player with a subpar list that no one's going to know because it's subpar and why would anybody put these random things together and and go really far just because
2: you're shocking on if you're perfect at your list but what about going the other way where you've got the, the most optimal list and a great player and you do something that's not the normal thing um because lila did that against me so we obviously scrummed loads and played loads of games and practice against each other and in all of our practice games she just tried to be mega aggressive and win by doing what she knew best right. and what that list does best and apart from in our game she did the complete opposite she didn't make a single attack but well, she made two i think across the whole game yeah. uh, that list is designed to table you and yeah. like you've got no units left to do the objective uh where she just did the opposite she would grab the objective and legged it um and it it threw me off because i expected her to do what is exactly what happened to carl yeah like, his expectation was I'll, I'll be fine like i don't expect this and I didn't expect Lila to just do the objective. Right. Um, so you can I think you can also do the opposite. Like have mm-hmm. just throwing that curveball in there sometimes can be that defining factor yeah. to get you the the victory. Yeah. I think especially oh, I think for top fair.
1: players, kind of like you touched on, sometimes you throw in the curveball just because you know someone's good. And like, you mm-hmm. know, in Kyle's case, I think it was the list he wasn't prepared for, but like in your case, like you said. Just doing a, a play style that you're not expecting because so you're so drilled into you know this is how it's going to play out. I have to play exactly like this to win, and then they just yeah. do something completely different. And I think sometimes for a really played... great player, you can just throw
2: them off. I think we've probably played over ten games to each other over the last three months with variations of each of our lifts, and I I knew and it started off exactly the same. I put myself exactly range free, and it like spoilers for anyone who wants to play against this list, but the way to beat it is you put yourself at range three because with a single move, she can't shoot you. So therefore she has no offensive output. Once you know that secret, the list isn't scary. (laughs) But I mean, you need to have range three guns and beyond and have fire, but as soon as that list gets close to you, it will rip you apart. So if you can mimic that, and I I was putting myself, I started the whole game, I moved to range three and I said it, declaring it and measuring it all out make my attack roll because I'm range free. It's all I need to do. And she she saw it coming. She's like, oh, well, it's going to be like this. Yeah, we've played this game 10 plus times <laughs> and we've been at tournaments and like, you know, it's final table, me v her. And it's the same scenario over and over and over again. And then, yeah, you just do that one thing that's different. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to go into the objective that you've already started on. You've pre-planned <laughs> yeah. and done that thing that I didn't think about. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Objectives are important as well as better objectives are important. Yeah, it's just like an MTP, right? Yep. I love MCP. <laughs> oh no, don't get them started on
1: MTP. What have you done, Andy? What have you done? Let's talk. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, that's wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, it? I'll save
0: that for after dark, everyone. <laughs> um, Alright. Yeah, I think this was a good cast. I think it's time to wind it up. You guys, it's late for you guys, so I want to make sure I get you guys to bed here. <laughs> go to bed kids uh but anyways yeah thanks for thanks for joining us it's real late for the boys so i i appreciate you guys being on and uh if you want to hear more of the three of us and our wise crackery you can sign up for patreon and uh support the fifth trooper and you can listen to a podcast about all kinds of insane stuff on after dark so all right well thank you we are the notorious scoundrels
1: i'm jay I'm Lucas. And I'm AJ. Stay Um... fresh, cheeseburgs.